You're listening to Creative Thursday, episode number 227. Welcome to Creative Thursday with Marisa Ann Cummings. We're talking all things life, business, and creativity with a special focus on helping artists confidently and consistently sell their creations to their ideal collectors online. Intended to inspire and empower you wherever you are on your creative journey, both personally and professionally. Enjoy and thank you for listening. Here we go. (laughs) Hello. Hi. Hello. 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 This is Marisa, and I am recording my very first podcast episode inside of Clubhouse, the very first Creative Thursday Club recording. And today I want to talk to you about selling your work. I want to talk to you about selling your work. Hello, Jodi. Hello, Marisa. I'm so happy that you're here joining me. This is a momentous occasion. I'm giving this a whirl, recording my first podcast inside of Clubhouse. So it does say in the title that this is being recorded. I'm going to quickly record the episode, and then I invite you to stay with me so we can take the conversation further and talk a little bit more about what I'm observing around selling your work. So Clubhouse, as you know, my podcast listeners know, I have definitely, I I dove in all the way in Clubhouse, and I've been observing and listening and learning and so inspired. And also, you know, I'm observing this concept around selling, especially when it comes to artists. So I titled this room, Selling Your Work, What's Your Story? Because one of our members in the Expansive Artists had shared with me that When she went through the Sell a Piece of Art This Week Challenge, which I'm hosting for the third time starting Monday, March 22nd. So I invite you to join me for this as well at sellmyartthisweek.com. When I first hosted this challenge, it was with the intention that I have now, which is to really own the fact that if you are an artist wanting to build a business, that you are also here to sell your work and not feel apologetic about that, not hide that, not be shy about it, but to really be proud of it and to know the bigger story, to have a a fuller understanding of the story of what that actually means to be connecting with your collectors in this way and to be able to share your work at the level that you will ultimately be sharing it at. It's It's very powerful. So I want to talk about that in just a moment, but I want to share this concept of rewriting your story around selling because what I've observed is that there's still a very common mindset around selling. What I love about the artist community is how generous we are, how humble we are, how for so many of us, you know, our heart is very purely about creating the work. And and simultaneously, if you are wanting to build that bridge from creating your work and then selling your work, there is a bridge that must be built there from this mindset of, you know, I'm not really here to make money. Um, I'm not really here to necessarily sell my work. Like, it's as if selling's a bad word. (laughs) Marie, so happy to see you. Laura, so happy to see you. My expansive artists are here. I appreciate your support so much because this is the first go round and I don't know how the audio is going to come out. So I'm actually recording the podcast in my traditional way. And then we're going to try to record some audio as well so we can capture the conversation. So I, let me just give a quick backstory. I never wanted to be known as an artist who's championing 
artists selling their work because I have also had my own resistance to this word selling. We tend to think of it like a door-to-door salesperson. We we tend to associate it with being smarmy. We tend to associate it with greed. And you may or may not agree. I'm just going to speak for myself. These are associations that I've had with it. So when I started to figure out, well, within the space of mentoring and supporting artists and business, specifically online, that's my specialty, what is it that I'm actually helping you to do? And I realize I'm helping you to sell. I'm helping you to be confident and proud of the work that you are creating and confidently own the fact that it is some, it's for sale, that it is for purchase. I always hesitate to say the word for sale because it's, we're not talking about discounting your work. It is for purchase. It is collectible and really owning that. I was in a room just yesterday where it was a beautiful room about, you know, thought leaders and change and equality and just so many incredible conversations and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just conversations that need to be had right now. But there was a moment where within that space, the artist had to make it very clear that we weren't here to have the bazillionaire gazillionaire mindset, like a lot of rooms on Clubhouse. And I want to say, for the record, I love those rooms. And that doesn't take away from the fact that I am an artist, that I have a heart, that I want more equality in the world, that I want to support my fellow artists as best I can. They're not mutually exclusive. Like, why do we have two camps of the millionaire billionaire mindset only means that you are, what does that even mean? That you're slimy, that you're shady, that you're greedy, that you don't have a heart, that you don't care. And then if you're an artist, well, then you do care. And, you know, um, you, you're just here to create the work. You're not really here to sell the work. And do you notice how my voice just even changes in these two perspectives? I know I'm being a bit extreme, but But let's be honest about this. Why isn't there a shark tank for an artist? And I am going to touch upon this for a moment because it may very well be coming in the NFT space. We are witnessing massive change happening right now, not only in terms of gender equality, and I will speak about that for a moment because that's been a big topic as well, like how can women also begin really making a statement and owning their space inside many industries, but especially in the art industry. I saw some pretty shocking statistics that we make up a very small percentage of art sales. And I'm going to tie that all the way back to this concept of a lot of times women don't want to sell. They are not always the ones who are going to speak up with the most confidence and the most strength around what they're here to do, the work that they are here to create and to sell it. So there are many different factors at work here, and I am not claiming to have all of the answers around this ever. I am opening up the conversation and I am taking a stance to say as someone who has gone on my own journey with rewriting my story around selling, I want to be proud of that once and for all. I had my best month of selling art in 14 years. And one of the reasons I did is because I actually told people again and again and again that it was for purchase more than I ever have as someone who champions this in this space and is supporting artists to own this for themselves, I have to continue to grow in this space as well for the same reason of feeling intimidated by this or feeling shy about it or not wanting someone to think that, oh my goodness, Marisa's greedy because she wants to make money. Hey, I live in Los Angeles. There's a certain income I must make to live in this city. And it doesn't actually matter if I lived here or anywhere, but one of 
The benefits of living here is that it actually pushes me to reach for more, to live a lifestyle that I want to live. And I believe that that's available for all of us. But if we are truly in business, then it's time for us to not keep our art separate from our business, but to own that. And, you know, wrapping or coming, circling back to this concept of a millionaire mindset Fine, if that's not your goal, that's okay too. Be clear on what it is that you want with your work. But I really encourage us, not only as artists, but as women to own own our choices around building a business with your work. It's time to stop treating this as a hobby and using the hobby as an excuse as well, I may or may not tell you that it's for sale. I may not make that clear to you that it is for purchase. Because why? Because there's so many opinions around it. And it's true, there are. I thought that we had come further in this space, but I realize we still have a ways to go to proudly own that we are here as business owners. We are here as artists. We are here as business owners who want to make a profit. And we are here as artists and business owners with a heart. All of that belongs together. And in in rare instances, it may not. There are greedy people in the world. <laughs> there are there are there are people who have no income who are not coming from their heart. There are people who have a ton of income who are not coming from the heart. And there are people who are coming from the art heart and it's this it's the same, right? They also have a lot of income and they may not have a lot of income. Where you want to be in your life, in your business and your art is truly a personal choice. It's a personal decision. But let's not fault anyone for proudly owning the fact that they are a business owner and that they are an artist in that space and that they are selling work. This is just a conversation that I don't want to feel embarrassed about saying I'm here on Clubhouse to have conversations. I'm in the podcast space to have conversations. And I am also here to teach about business and to encourage artists to gain confidence in the business space. I am here for all of those things. It's not a choice for me. And I don't want to feel like I'm going to apologize as I felt honestly for all of the years that I've been in business as an artist because I entered this space with a degree in advertising. We know all the stereotypes around advertising. I came from a place where I built an e-commerce company where the goal was to make money and to sell it and make money. That was the goal. And in the process to solve problems, to make a difference in people's lives, if you say you make money, it doesn't automatically mean that you don't care about other things. And so when I entered the art space, I just thought, really, is this what we're all agreeing to? And are we also all agreeing to, to signing contracts, to taking the least percentage when we're the ones that create the most with our work? Is this something that we continue to, to agree to? And Apparently it is because it still seems to be more honorable to make less money as an artist than it is to make a lot of money as an artist and own that proudly. And I know that that is not true for everyone. There are many people who own it. But then I would say that more than likely the people who own it more are probably the male counterpart in our world. And that is something that doesn't just apply to our creative industry, but to many industries. So again, this is a conversation that we're having. These are my initial thoughts that I'm sharing into the podcast. And I'm going to, in honor of Clubhouse, I'm going to 
begin bringing everyone who would like to take the conversation further, who would like to share their thoughts and their guidance, uh, their experience, their concerns around selling work, I'm going to invite you to join me. I just really, you know, I created this course, Artful Selling, and even that, just even putting selling in the title, it conjures all kinds of things for me still. And that's another reason that I know that there's work to be done. And by simply stating it to you and by owning this, I find that what we do as mentors a lot of the time is we end up saying, you know, um, we, we romanticize it all. You know, we make it all very pretty. And it is, and it's beautiful. But there are, there are truths and uh, experiences and strategies. I don't even think we want to put strategies in along with art. But there are strategies around selling your work, around marketing, around growing your business. And there was a point that I was going to make there, but it'll come in conversation. And Marie, I saw that you raised your hand. I'm so excited that you're here. So we're gonna give this a we're gonna give this a whirl. I'm also going to tell uh, James, my new podcast editor. Thank you, James. This is the point where I'm going to keep recording in GarageBand and I'm also recording on Zoom so we can see the screen share and then we'll just see what happens. But know that if you're coming up that you are being recorded and here we go. Hello. <laughs> it's good morning, Marie. It's so good to see you. Is this your first time speaking on Clubhouse? It is. Oh my goodness! This is the first time. Yes, I'm very, uh, I'm very excited about the platform, and um, yeah, it's very exciting. So many good conversations. I've been listening to a lot of them, um, and that kind of conversation with selling is definitely something that um, I'd like to talk about. Uh, before being an artist, I was an herbalist, and it was the same kind of uh, vibe. <laughs> Where if you uh, if you said something like well I want to make a living I want to make money at it um, it wasn't received very well I guess um, you were supposed to live off the land and um, you know be uh, a lot of self sustainability and all kinds of things like that that. Um, meant that for me, who had a young family and was living in a very large city, uh, that was just, I, I, there was no way to do that, um, really. Uh, certainly not with young children uh, in the middle of a big city, in the middle of a state that is a very expensive state to live in. Um, so I think, I think we're selling the mentality of, um, Somehow you have to be, like you said, it's like you have to be humble at all times. You have to not take space. You have to be a very, um, I, I'm not sure how the validation is supposed to. Like if other artists thinks you're good enough, then, you know, you rise in the ranks and you can then maybe if you are in galleries ask for um, several hundreds or several thousands of dollars for your paintings. Um, but it seems to me that one of the main problems that has been there, and I think it's especially true for women and people of color, is that the gatekeepers that have always been there are just the one who decides, the one who let you rise or not. It's the same with social media um, in, you know, a lot of instances. And I think it is a matter of us uh, demanding that it change. It changes and it has changed already uh, some, but I don't think it has changed nearly enough. 
and um, I think we need to demand it and insist on it and we need to know our worth and you can be, you know, I have no desire to crush anybody. I have no desire to be stepping on people on the way up. But at the same time, I don't want to be living in a windowless room in a dank basement because, you know, I'm making only a few hundreds a month. So I think it's important to... Um, I think it's really important that we rise in a gentle manner. You know, it's, this is not a this is not a <laughs> a destroy everything in your path kind of mentality at all. I think it's just you know we need to live, we need to earn a living, we need to like any other profession. Marie, I agree as you know but I find that you said something so interesting too you know this concept we always tend to see the flip side of like rising or you were saying you know I'm not here to push anyone down like we we also have this concept or this idea that if we rise you know that someone else suffers along the way and and that's not the case, you know, it's not the case. We are learning that we can all rise together and that only continues the ripple effect and supports people everywhere in fulfilling more of their dream and fulfilling more abundance in their lives in many ways, not just monetarily, but everything. And so it's just fascinates me how we have these ideas in our language, like you said so well, you know, this idea that we are to always remain humble. And, and as I say it out loud, just thinking, well, humble can also be someone with a lot of money. <laughs> you know, like why, why do I think that, that if, you know, I'm calling myself out saying that humble means that you don't have a lot of money. There are a lot of people who have a lot of wealth who are also humble it's just finding these instances where you know the the truth is we don't start moving into other levels of living and business if we don't begin embracing and or gently shifting out of embracing new beliefs and gently shifting out of the ones that no longer serve us that's why I personally find the million dollar zillion dollar room so enlightening because if you're actually in the room with people who have broken through that glass ceiling monetarily there's a lot that you can learn and you can just hear the difference in attitude it's so fascinating so just some more thoughts around there I really appreciate you sharing Marie thank you and Jodi, I saw you, I saw you moving your mic and Stephanie and Marisa and Laura, if you want to come up on the stage, it's us. It's just us girls. <laughs> it's us. We can have a good chat around this. Jodi, did you have thoughts you wanted to share? Sure. So thank you. I, I, um, you know, my exposure to this art world is, is pretty, pretty short. Um, and I, the sales part of it is interesting to me because I, I'm happy to talk to anybody about it and, and to be, I, I think because I started it so late in life, I, I have like a, you know, I have limited time that is, is for me to get going here and get this doing. So I just did it. I just jumped in with two feet and just did it. Uh, the the thought about sales being smarmy that you mentioned, yes, I, I get that. And I understand that feeling. Um, however, my, my husband's whole entire career has been in sales. And so uh, high level sales. But I, I, I think of him as a master of communication and a master of of finding value for people. So I 
I think that maybe I don't think of it as smarmy by, but in that sense, just because I've, I've lived with someone who has earned a nice living for our family uh, in that arena. That being said, the whole thought about that Marie was talking about and, and yourself as well, Marisa, about, um, you know, the, the pay, you, you've mentioned this before, Marisa, pay your dues and, and the gallerists and the gatekeepers. And, and that's not the avenue that I'm looking to go and, and don't have any, any thoughts that that's where I'll be. But I haven't, I hadn't even really encountered it until being here on Clubhouse. And, you know, there are several rooms that are very focused on the whole, that whole side of art. And it is, a, they are typically very male oriented rooms and male, almost not, um, I don't want to say bullying, but not as much um, as encouragement of the women. I shouldn't say it in a negative way, but just I, I don't know if the women are not speaking up or if the men are just taking control and stronger voices or whatnot. But I did I did happen to be in a room with people that I feel very comfortable with. And I, I do, I have made um, quite connections with them and I pretty much chat with them every day. Um, there in Italy and uh, both in, in, a, in a higher level art world than I'm in, they're gallery type artists. And um, there was, <laughs> I jumped into a room with them and they know what my art's like. They know that I'm happy and grateful and joyful and that I always speak the positive, that they, they make comments about that in a, in a loving way, not in a in a criticism way, but I, I happened to be in their room driving a car, so I couldn't really pay attention to who was up when and whatnot, but because I wasn't seeing who was on stage. And it was a famous artist. <laughs> he, he has his own Wikipedia page that I learned about later, but I didn't know it at the time. And he was talking on and on about how you know, if you haven't paid your dues and if you haven't lived lean and if you haven't been starving and if you haven't painted dark and art should be dark and art should be changing our society and art art should speak up and 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 criticize the the world and you know he was going on and on and on about that that was his belief of what art should be and and here I am coming along behind him and I was introduced by by one of the people that knows me that hosts the room and he's like and here's Jodie, and she's going to tell us that the world is beautiful and that her art is beautiful. And I had to chuckle because, yes, I had to kind of disagree with this, this man that, you know, yes, there is a place for all kinds of art in this world. And it doesn't all have to be gallery art and it doesn't all have to be dark. Uh, you know, he, he was really, really going at it. And I was kind of surprised it was the first time I encountered that and I said yeah there's a place and I admire artists that can find that place in them and put it out in art I find a place in me that's happy and put it out in my art so I don't think that uh, that discounts my art or the fact that I'm smell selling to collectors who are gathering smaller pieces and, and not aspiring to gather something that's an investment, that they're looking that they're going to, you know, it's an up-and-coming artist and they're going to triple their money because that's where this conversation was headed. And that was what his point was, is that it should be an investment and it, it should be something that you aspire to um, invest in people that are in museums. And it, it just was a completely different set of, uh, of what I was what my art is about and where I'm coming from. So my point here is I don't feel that the sales side has to be smarmy. And Marisa, I don't think that you portray it in that way at all. And, and you've made me feel safe and comfortable in asking for um, payment for what I've done to create a piece of art. And, and two, I don't, Marie, I, I get you what you're saying with the gatekeepers, but I also think that there's a place for people who aren't necessarily going to be in a museum. Um, so that is, or, or for that matter, in, in a gallery. 
So th those are my thoughts and I'm done speaking for now. Thank you so much. Joji, that's such a cool story. And there's so much to say there. Oh my goodness. And Kita, so good to see you. Jen, good to see you. If you want to come up and join the conversation, um, I recorded my first podcast. So this is being recorded. I'm not sure how the audio quality will turn out with the Clubhouse conversation, but we're giving it a whirl until I can get my new roadcaster working. But Jody, to come back to what you're saying, you know, one of the reasons I am like you, I create from a joyful, happy place. And I don't want to be apologetic about being proud of selling my work. And I don't want to be apologetic about it being sweet or floral or characters or something that just adds beauty to someone's day. You know, these were all ideas that were so dominant at the time that I wanted to pursue this that I just didn't. I felt like I wasn't going to fit into the art world or, you know, like Marie was talking about the gatekeepers. I didn't have any early on gatekeepers that had that were welcoming me into this space, which is another point that I often want to bring up and that is create your own space. You know, I'm so honored that you all are here with me. I started The Expansive Artist. I started my Creative Thursday podcast. I started it to create what I want to see. This is my this is my club now on Clubhouse and I want to create a vibe that I want to be a part of and and continues conversation that I'm, you know, interested in and want to learn more about and, and keep the dialogue going on. But I find a lot of times that we can spend so much time arguing around our limitations and what's possible, what's not possible, you know, and I'm addressing mindset within the conversation today. But that's all I do. I address it, I recognize it, and then I get on with it. I, I build my business and it was so empowering for me to be able to say to the naysayers that showed up early in my journey as an artist, that same attitude of just struggling to get somewhere in life. It's so empowering to say you were wrong. You were wrong. And to be able to take that awareness, that's why I get so passionate about helping artists. Nobody really gave me a leg up. I made this journey for myself and I believe that it's possible for anyone who wants it enough to stick with it through all the highs and lows and the challenges that come on not only this journey, but any journey. It's it's just very important to me that no one feel left behind or left out or to your point too, Jody, you know, the person um, who has the opinion of art being dark and difficult and challenging and a struggle, they have that right to their opinion as well. I think that's what makes this industry or our world especially dynamic is how different we can perceive not only the same piece of art but the industry in general there there are so many incredible conversations to be had around this and the last point that I want to add to what you were sharing you know when you think of your husband being a salesman I can only imagine that he must be a wonderful person and you have this experience of admiring that, you know, like how it even became part of our culture to not automatically admire someone who says they're in sales. Like, it's just so fascinating to me. And I had a parent who was in the finance industry. Let's just say, let's just say my mom. And I know that she really, you know, I know she went through experiences around this concept of selling and being primarily in rooms with men who were selling in an approach that she didn't want to have and feeling like, you know, she really wanted to care for her clients and take them through all the financial steps to set them up for a future of success and security and 
she she wanted that so much for them and often felt like she couldn't she couldn't sell that in the same way that some of her colleagues did and I so that just informs right away what my first impression was around sales you know that it might be different for women than it would be for men and that if my heart was in the right place that it might be challenging so like I was saying at the opening this has been a journey for me to really embrace it and to speak about money more to speak numbers openly and all of that I've learned by really surrounding myself with more business mentors than creative mentors because many times we're still not always having those conversations so my thoughts (laughs) did did any of you want to come up and share some thoughts on this or Marie or Jodi add back to the conversation Well, I was just thinking that it's very true that it doesn't seem like men have the same problem. They don't, um, nobody is asking them, how dare you ask for money for your work? I mean, (laughs) that would be ludicrous. So um, coming um, from a family with a single mother, um, even though she was doing the same work as men, she was a teacher, she was paid less. It's always that, I think it is especially true for women that we do not ask to be paid for our work and not fairly, Uh, but even sometimes not at all. The fact that we raise children, we do everything for the family, but we are not paid for it. And at the same time, it's extremely difficult, especially I think in the US to have a job and have children because Childcare is so expensive that if you want to actually have childcare and work, uh, you have to have to earn a certain amount to be able to do that. So we are kind of stuck in a a neverland of, you know, we're supposed to take care of everybody else and not um, without any return on monetary return. Of course, I'm not talking about emotional, of course. But it is an important one, too, because every time I'm asking myself, well, should I ask money uh, or is that too much to ask or how dare I to be an artist and ask that people spend money on my art? Well, I'm thinking about my children and, and thinking, well, my example of me standing up and saying, you have to pay me for my work, and fairly, um, is going to trickle down to these children so that they know that, I mean, I'm hopeful that in with their generation, you know, my daughters will not have to still fight for equal pay or equal rights or, you know, equal recognition for their work. I hope. I'm not too hopeful that it will be this generation, but maybe the next one. But I think it is it is important for us as adult women to do this for the generations that come after also. I think that's a very valid point, Marie, very much so. I, um, I have a, a daughter who is in um, the mental health um, field and she's licensed and she is I think from watching her father because not not from watching me but she is very aware of her worth and very aware of making sure that she gets her worth and it's um, but I, I don't believe amongst her peers and her um, she has a tight group of girls that I've known all their lives and they are not the same way she's she's different from them but uh I yes uh, it is it's unfair because I feel well I mean that's pretty pretty basic thing to say unfair it's I feel that women are asked to do more in a 24-hour period than a typical man is asked to do. And yes, it is 
proven again and again that we are paid less. Truth. Well, we're changing it now. <laughs> we're changing it right now. Every every conversation, every every acknowledgement, it, it's all progress. And so I am I'm always especially thankful that we are having these conversations and appreciate that you're sharing your perspective. I was just curious for both of you who are here or if anyone feels like jumping in, I'll, I'll keep encouraging you to come and join the conversation, but also honor if you feel just like listening right now. What has it been like for you? Because I know, Marie, you raised your prices. Jody, this is a new venture for you and you're doing so well with it. What do you experience when you go to price your work or you go to ask for the sale of your work? Do things come up for you around that as well? Uh, yes, um, always a little bit. It's less and less, I think, especially since I'm, I think I'm figuring out my pricing much better now. I'm also... Since I'm also working a lot of brand, on branding and painting a lot these days, I feel that my skills have jumped a lot. And so, I'm, you know, I've had quite a few jobs um, and I had a business before. And I'm trying, every time I'm reluctant, I'm trying to think, well, if I was seeing patients today and I was treating them, you know, would I hesitate to ask for uh, money at the end? No, I might adjust my pricing for some people. I might, uh, I would certainly take pro bono work too. But um, I think there, it is a shifting of thinking of art and being an artist as a job like all the others. I'm not sure why. We don't think of it that way, maybe because in school it is such a devalued uh, class. I think that's probably where it comes from. At the, um, you know, at the beginning, it's that nobody tells you uh, that you sh that for ambition you should be a, uh, you, that your ambition should be to be an artist. You know that this is a worthwhile <laughs> a career to take on, or you know. The encouragement, it's always like, oh, that's pretty. I'll put it on the fridge and I'll go do your math homework or, you know, you can't have a bad grade there. Um, so I'm sure it comes from generations of people, you know, who always value uh, math and science and whatever else, computers. Or, uh, But I don't think it's either or. I don't think... It, I, I know... Um, mathematicians that are incredible artists um, and like we are talking really really good artists and they have the same frame of mind even though they are recognized even though uh, they still work for a lot of money uh, for them math is always the you know the top um, so I think we need to uh, have conversations also about why if we do something that's um, more purely creative than a scientist why it is that we think it is not as valuable I don't have an answer for this everybody listens to music everybody likes art uh, in one form or another. I mean, when we were um, near, near naturals, we're also making art. <laughs> we have been making art since the beginning of time. Um, and I'm just, I, I and it, everybody going to a museum or admiring cave paintings are in awe. You know, it is. It feels like culturally we think it's really important. Uh, yet the people making it are often 
not regarded as important as other members of society. Um, and I don't know why. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I find myself um, having, feeling like I need to educate people on the difference between something that I make that might look pretty versus something that they could go to Target and buy that's been mass produced. Not that, that there isn't a place for that, not that there isn't, you know, that that isn't great, but I, I, I find that to explain to people the difference and, oh, is there a difference between looking at something that is an original piece of art. There is just, it, there's, there's emotion there. There's feelings there. There's, it's there. Um, and, you know, as my collectors have become to come around, they're buying pieces again, you know, they're, but I, I find that I am, am concentrating on trying to educate people in my circle, people that, that know me, people that, um, that are aware that I've gone down this road of, of what the difference is between what they might buy from me at, you know, five times the price versus what they would be buying at Target. Um, so I don't know if that has something to do with it, is if maybe we live in such a world of Targets and, um, you know, places to just easily get things, Amazon, you know, whatever, you can buy whatever you want, um, if that people aren't maybe aware of the value of 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 the difference between something that is and and I know this I'm gonna this is gonna trigger Marisa but Etsy <laughs> I, that 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 is you know something people aren't aware of what the value is between something that is a one of a kind creation by an artist versus something that's mass produced. And that's what I'll say on that. Thank you. I'm so triggered, Joe. <laughs> Just kidding. No, you bring up a really good point. That will be a great conversation to have um, just in a in a room like this, you know, I believe it is the role of the artist to educate also the consumer, the collector. I think we, I think to Marie's point, that would be so fascinating. I mean, I took art history at super high speed when I, I went back to school for interior design and really dove into a lot of architecture and more art history than I picked up during my degree in advertising. And, you know, when when did this cultural shift happen or is it also predominantly in certain cultures where we value the gift of art less so there is that overarching theme and then add on top of it what you're talking about Jody especially with maybe more commercial work something that's really intended to bring color and beauty into someone's home clarifying the difference between you know um yeah why why is this priced at this versus what an Amazon or a Target or a Walmart or, you know, other, even, um, even maybe an anthropology. I mean, even in a slightly higher end store, at least they're, at least they're a little bit higher end, but there's a real gap between any understanding of the pricing around how something is created and doing something as one of a kind versus, high volume. Um, that's the difference I find, which is an, yet another conversation around licensing. And one of the reasons I'm not really interested in pursuing it right now, because I don't, I said no to a really big account because I don't want to be watered down. I don't want to be having my work sold in places where I don't align with the values of the business. And I, I want, I want those choices under my umbrella. So there's a lot of different, there's a lot, there's a lot just to that one point, but I do believe, you know, in, in closing, um, 
and not in closing the room. I'm just seeing your hands raised now. I'm getting lost in conversation. Laura and Jen, I'll be handing it over to you in just a moment. Um, just really recognizing that we, it is our role to educate. So I'm so happy to hear that you're doing that, Jodi, and that will that would be a, a good conversation to keep bringing further and even within the expanse of artists to really talk about how we can do that as a whole. That's something, Stephanie, when we're talking about Small Studio Sunday, I see that as a possible part of what we can contribute with Small Studio Sunday would be to have some education around just the process of, of artists and the and the value of art. I haven't even really thought about how to educate on that. So that would be a conversation to explore further for sure. So Jen, I'm so happy to see you here. And Laura, what are your thoughts that you'd like to add to the conversation? Hi, Marisa. Hi, ladies. So good to see all of you um, or, or hear all of you. Um, as we're having this conversation, two Amazon trucks just drove by. <laughs> not I'm not guilty of buying from them, but I think it's important what you're talking about with the watered downness. And um, in my other group, um, the, the mentor there, they, they talk about when we're doing our messaging to our prospective collectors and collectors to emphasize that these things are handmade. You know, if it's an original watercolor, it's an original watercolor, it's not a print, but if it is a print, you know, I printed it or it's, you know, a quality print or, you know, things like that to really emphasize the unmass producedness of it. Um, and I love what was talked about, about it. just, I feel, and I know I have these things around money as a woman, it is hard asking for, I think, our worth. I, I think I'm working on it and it's, it's much better than it was, but, um, there was a, a lady in my other group yesterday that I almost fell off my chair when she said what she was charging for her originals. It was like, so, I mean, I can't even tell you how low it was like, I wanted to cry. And she just had no idea. And, you know, I'm glad that there's groups that, you know, can educate us when we um, get involved with mentors and learning. And, uh, yeah, as a woman, I feel like I'm doing... I used to be the bread, quote unquote, breadwinner sort of for the house. And um, now I'm not. And I'm like taking a back seat, but I'm taking care of all the um, household things as well as trying to start this business. I'm just so, I'm so overwhelmed. It's, I'm really struggling the last couple of days, but um, I just got to keep pressing on. But I'm glad that I, you know, I, I, I feel that most women, you know, a lot of responsibilities on our shoulders. I don't have ch children. I can only imagine I have animals, <laughs> animals in a house that always need something fixed and meals and cleaning. And it's just like, ah, um, so yeah, I love this conversation and, uh, I'm finished speaking. Thank you. Thank you, Jen. I, I love what I love about clubhouse and this opportunity and fingers crossed this part of the conversation translates into the podcast recording is that we get to hear everyone's different perspective and you know it really is it the way that we grow and that's why I'm so curious how just having these conversations and having this tool that contributes to conversations like this is going to evolve us it might go faster than we think Marie <laughs> your daughter's Jody's daughter you know uh Laura's son's um, well, if, especially if, if they want to be artists, right? I mean, men still experience it within the art world as well. I live with a creative who's a man and um, they, they go through their own process of valuing their work from just the art side that we're speaking about, that it will be different, that there will be progress made. And even if it's sometimes just like what you did, Jen, just acknowledging, you know, a certain parts of this journey are, they just take a minute. <laughs> There's just an adjustment. And I think it's, I always find it's comforting to be in rooms virtual or other, otherwise, hopefully in person soon, where you can just say, this is normal, right? Right? This is normal. I'm feeling overwhelmed in this area, or I'm feeling my imposter syndrome creeping in, or I'm feeling a little bit of, you know, of hesitation to raise my prices or to speak up about this concern and just to 
just to be acknowledged that that's all part of the journey and you're doing awesome. (laughs) You're all doing awesome. So Laura, I hand it over to you. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks, Marisa. Hi, everybody. This is a really interesting conversation. And Jody, it struck me what you were saying about feeling like your job is to educate not just your collectors, but I'm, but like everybody, right? Like everybody in the followers, I guess, on Instagram. Like I'm just thinking about this like bigger picture. And I agree with you um, on that. Um, so I, I know I mentioned this recently, but Marisa, thank you for pushing me to finally get my own website up. And I, it took me almost a year, but in November I got my Shopify site up and it's the greatest thing I ever could have done. Um, I feel like I've been taking baby steps in terms of not necessarily putting my work out there, but first putting it on my own website. That was like one step. And now, now coming to terms with the pricing aspect is like my other baby step. And I have raised my prices and I've been fortunate to connect with some new collectors. I think via my Instagram is where they found me and they're, they're gladly paying my higher prices. So I know that there are people out there who will pay the higher prices. Something that's still discouraging to me is that, you know, I follow lots of artists and makers on Instagram and many of them also sell online, but I'm always curious to see what they're selling their items for. And many of them are still selling on Etsy and I too still have my Etsy shop open, but it's discouraging to go and see like how little they're selling their work for. So it's a little scary for me. I mean, I'm glad to have my website up, but I'm now raising my prices. And then when I look at, I guess, my quote unquote peers, I see that they're still selling on Etsy and they're still under underselling, right? They're still like, that hurts everybody. Marisa, I know you've, you've mentioned that before. So those are my thoughts on that. And I am done speaking. Yeah, Laura, that's, I'm so glad that you're finding your way with this. And I, I always want to, remind everyone that it it's a personal journey you know it, the goal here is just to bring awareness in many areas of the conversation that we've had and to encourage everyone to raise their prices at some point because I think the general consensus is that everything is priced too low and I think that and my, not everything right oh my goodness I have to be careful with my like blanket statements um and let's not even talk about the nft art and some of what's sold like it's it's crazy insane the, the reverse of that but coming back to our more handmade physical art world because well no let me let me rephrase that also one of the ways that we educate this I do know to be true is by educating around pricing. I think people don't understand the difference, you know, when when there are artists out there who are in essence pricing themselves like Target or Amazon. And really, I also just want to preface, I don't, I shop at both of those places. Like I, um, I, I don't have issue with big box versus high end, I just want people to be valued for the work that they are creating and to make it abundantly clear that something mass produced is not the same as something created from an artist studio, whether that's even a reproduction from the artist studio. And then, of course, especially an original. And one of the reasons I feel consumers are confused is simply because of marketplaces like Etsy or Redbubble or um, Society, six places that my where I've licensed my work. Um, I specifically asked that I don't have prints licensed of my work because they're less than what I want to sell my prints for. And it just, I know that the goal is to make art accessible and that's a whole other conversation. I believe in in providing different price points for your collectors. And I love that I can buy a magnet of something if I want, and I can invest in an original. So it's not that either, but it's just become such a dominant point of view of volume um, 
goodness, and almost so many things, right? Quantity versus quality. Like we just value big numbers, at least speaking from the perspective of this culture and being in the States, it's what it feels like. And it just all ties into the same concept of, you know, if we aren't having these conversations or encouraging each other to begin valuing work at a different level, um, you know, I know that I do a pretty good job of that as a mentor, but I'm also just going to be honest with you and say that my realization of the work that I've sold in the past and the actual work it took me to get here and to sell all of that, I was actually, I said this last week, I think here in Clubhouse, I was scrolling through my Etsy sales and I was looking for an item in there and I thought, oh my goodness, I sold so much for so little, really like so affordable. And I was super thankful for it and it did support me, but it's not the perspective I hold now because I know how much work goes into just fulfilling that one small clay sculpture or you know, anything that I sewed things, I've done so many versions of my craft and I just can't in good conscience ever do that again as an artist or, you know, encourage people to start. Yes. You know, be emerging. Yes. Find your way with your pricing in a, in a way that's going to feel comfortable for you. But I want to encourage as much from the get go to really take into account all that goes into this work because otherwise it it isn't worth I can't say that either right because putting art into the world is always worth it but it may not be worth it for you to build a business around it unless it can make sense for you unless it can make sense on some level for the community and for for the arts industry in general Um, there's just so many, there's so many different facets and I'm going to be done speaking. So this can go on forever. Any, um, closing thoughts or additional thoughts to what Laura and Jen shared? I appreciate so much that you are here. I thank you for joining me today. Thanks Marisa for a, a great topic and what a great discussion we had ladies. I appreciate this safe space to talk about these subjects. Thanks so much. Yes, I, I really hope we have many more discussions like this. It's um, it's very helpful, and I'm I'm always looking for communities that build each other up and exchange of ideas is an incredibly important um, aspect of that. I think. I actually heard someone say to please, in honor of International Women's Day, to allow space for the women because it's true sometimes. Sometimes either we aren't speaking up or or everyone's jumping in too fast and that there's a theory that sometimes a woman takes a breath before she speaks, you know, that there's this natural pause that we we lean towards. I just thought it was so fascinating and that in order to give a little bit of space for someone to actually collect themselves and then share. So I'm making, I'm learning my, my clubhouse pause as well, but yes, I'm thinking of ways that, um, we can incorporate more of this, especially when it becomes available to Android so that everyone who wants to be a part of it can be, I think that's coming soon, but as somehow as part of the expansive artists to be able to have, Um, I know this room is open, it's mostly us today, but, you know, have sort of a private conversation within our community. This is what I always hoped that we could do on some level. It's almost like a little bit of an art salon. And I think if I'm being really honest, I think sometimes, I think video is distracting as much as it seems like a very conducive tool for that. I think it can be distracting And I also think that I wonder if people just don't always feel so comfortable having conversations in the space of a Facebook. And um, I'm just curious about that because I've found the openness of dialogue on Clubhouse to be so powerful and um, 
just really unlike anything that I've ever experienced before. And I'm so thankful when the members of the expansive artists come because I, I get to learn so much more about you, which I feel like, well, I want to know more about you. And I, that way I can continue to support more about you. And I think, oh, I want to make sure that I continue to create an environment where people really feel like they can be themselves and can talk through these ideas. And, you know, it does seem like a very needed part of our evolution as not only humans, but um, uh, women, people who identify as women and or, you know, various genders just growing in this space creatively as artists as well. There's a lot that can happen and a lot of growth um, that's already being set in motion. So I thank you again for being a part of the conversation. I know I'll get to see some of you again soon on this Creative Thursday. Fingers crossed um, we have a recording <laughs> that we can share. And if not, I will definitely have it for next week, but I'm going to uh, record my podcasts here. The goal is to record them inside of Clubhouse and um, and be able to take the conversation further under the Creative Thursday Club. So be sure to, I'm not entirely sure how it works, club or member versus follower, but if you click on it and follow it, then at some point, if we ever do anything within the club as members, and then you can do very specific rooms inside of the club and I can invite you as members that way too. So thank you everyone. Unless there are any closing thoughts, I'm going to officially end the first ever Creative Thursday Club room on Clubhouse. Creative Thursday is recorded by me, Marisa. You can find all things Creative Thursday at creativethursday.com and learn about how I can support you in building and growing your thriving artist business at creativethursdaycourses.com. Be sure to hit subscribe to get the next episode as soon as it drops. And if this episode has inspired you, share it with a friend and fellow creative and leave a positive review so that more listeners can be introduced to the Creative Thursday message and mission to empower artists to know their worth, value their work, and consistently artfully sell to their ideal collectors online so that they can make more beautiful art all in support of living a life they love Coming together as a creative community, we uplift and support one another while encouraging and being an example for more people all over the world to dream big and believe in what is possible for them.